Hi, Kath. Hey, Don. Hi, Allie. Hi, Dawn. Hi, <laughs> she's Kath. So, she's I know so if we didn't introduce her right away, she'd hurt, she would burst. <laughs> We're sitting at Allie's kitchen table with um, her man, Louie. Hi, guys. Hey, Louie. How's it going? Good. Good. We're the sisters are out. We're out today. We're not in, but we still are at a kitchen table. Sophie's here and, no- and Noki. Nico and is N- here. And Noki. <laughs> Noki. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he just said hi. Hi, Nico. Hi, Coco <laughs> Bean. Yeah. So we are here because we wanted to have a roundtable talk with um, Allie and Louie, mostly about, um, like, they're so fucking positive, it's a little annoying. Is it kind of like this, like, I just want to say, I'm just so happy that I'm not alone today. Because she says that I'm fucking annoying all the time because I'm positive <laughs> and happy and usually I'm by myself. So, yes, that is so true. So me and the Muppets are here. That is so true. So the show is yeah, here. Yeah, you found your Muppet clan. I found, I found my people. I found my people. I, so the, I brutal, also feel like the brutal optimism but, is like... Um, yeah. The brutal optimism is like a uh, good cop, bad cop game. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I feel like Donna yeah. knows me well enough to yeah. know that I'm yeah. not optimistic. No. So. Both of By us. By us, are, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Louie, Louie. Yeah. All right. So then, Louie and I are on a team. He's a banana and <laughs> yes, a sauerkraut. Yes. So you're Cap, a sauerkraut team dog. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you're a sauerkraut? For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. I'm made of sauerkraut. <laughs> you don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, no, you don't well, listen. Well, you know, he's <laughs> very smart. I think he can figure. This this person is. I can be identified as like pickles and sauerkraut. Yeah. So. He's he's talking about my food preferences. Yeah. But yes, I the, the, I also happen to be a sauerkraut. I, I get the, uh, yeah, the uh, a long time ago, one of our um, listeners and friends is uh, she had an art teacher that said, uh, you know, ki- people are categorized by either being a banana or a sauerkraut. She likes both, but not necessarily together. So that was her recipe for separating kids who were too rambunctious. So the world is either banana or sauerkrauts. And it just so happens that Donna and I fit in those categories. Perfectly. <laughs> like, not good together, mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> separate, amazing. But very interesting together. Great at a buffet. Great at a buffet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great at a buffet. <laughs> Unless you're high for the first time and you put an elbow in a chocolate fountain at a brunch. Did that happen at a Ponderosa to you guys? Like no, not. No, at a really nice brunch place. All right. Mm. I had my first edible. Like, stop judging me. And she was like, I don't really feel the I don't effects. Feel anything. In the meantime, her elbow's in the chocolate fountain. <laughs> The funniest thing is when people are like, oh, I had edibles. It didn't work on me. Yeah. And you look at them and they look like they're, yeah. they're literally in outer space yeah. viewing you through. Like I will portal. say I, I do take edibles. Nothing happens to me. But I did have the nothing's happening to me when I was taking mushrooms. And my friend was like, why are you smiling so much? Because I'm not a smiler. As you all know, I have resting bitch face. And I was just like grinning from ear to ear. And I'm like, I don't think these mushrooms are doing anything. And he's like, it was Matthew. And he was like, you're smiling so much. You're creepy. You would look like a clown. If you I smiled. am creepy. Yes, if I, smile I don't think too much. Yeah, don't do that. And I was tearing out of the corner of my eyes because I was internally laughing. It was crazy. Okay. So we have to do a disclaimer. 
So I have a couple of disclaimers today. I just want to warn you guys. I listened to uh, J Lo in the car, so I'm oh pumped up like nobody's business. Oh I'm on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. She introduced me to her friends, and as far as the song goes, and I'm in it to win it. Mm-hmm. That's the second. And then I had a jalapeno uh, cornbread, so I got spice number two. <laughs> I, I was like, I have so much energy. I'm like really, really high right now, and I'm high on life, Don. Okay, Stop good. looking at me. No, it's okay. I like I like Jennifer Lopez. Not my type of music, but I like that she's from the Bronx, and I feel like she would kick ass anywhere if yes. she needed to yes mm-hmm. there's nothing her, she can't do i love her in her thirty thousand dollar outfit she would take her earrings off <laughs> and give it give them to the next person She's to like, be like excuse me hold this you? exactly exactly Only, i also really enjoy j-lo but i feel strongly that she should not have been chosen to do the motown <gasps> the motown memory. very you much know what? so you know very what? much so you know what i i don't like judging <laughs> Said really? the banana. <laughs> I don't like to judge. I don't like to judge because I see everybody's point. Mm. But if she was to do it, I thought she did a great job. Okay. Yeah, sure. Like there maybe that's because I wasn't on the on the committee. No. You didn't flag on the field. If I was on the flag on the field. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if okay. I was on the committee, I wouldn't have chosen oh her. Oh my god! What a snooze. No. But but the fact that she did a great job. I. She's hot. She's fun. We're no. having a good time. Don't be diplomatic. I like it. Thank you. It's the it's the glass half full thing. It is. I'm it's, not a glass. Sometimes I don't like gal, the glass. So. Sometimes you drink out of the faucet, Don. <laughs> and what's the final disclaimer that we're supposed oh, to do? Oh, this is for entertainment Dummy. purposes only. We are not uh, mm. medical professionals because we're going to talk about some medical stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're n- we're not responsible for your choices, but we support you. I support uh, you. Not always. I, I might support not support every- you. Oh. Um, but I'll stand next to you. Okay, so let's fair talk. Enough. Let's yes, okay. that's fair. Anyway, so let's talk about Allie and Louie. So Allie, yes. I know Allie from the block. Allie from the block. How do you Literally. know? Yeah, how do you know Allie? And I have yeah. a funny story that Louie doesn't even know that yeah. he is a point of reference at a restaurant oh. I worked at, and I'll tell you why. Oh. Yeah. So Allie is one of the most sought after. DJs in the area. She's in the house. Your company's called what? Uh, Get Down Upstate. And (laughs) you uh, spin records, like actual records. You know, the flat vinyl things that we all... And some of us still call them albums. This <laughs> podcast brought to you by the Get Down Upstate. That's right. Cute babies everywhere. <laughs> That's right. So cute. And we did live in the same town, but we didn't. we weren't uh, that close when you lived near me. That's but true. But we knew of each other. Mm-hmm. You were in the same town? They lived across the street yeah. in the oh, yellow yeah. house. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you guys lived there, too. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I remember. like to call us um, Street Fest neighbors. Yes. Like, we knew you were there, and our neighbor like was like, oh, yeah. Donna and Chris, it's great. But um, we'd only interact with you on Street on Fest. On Street Fest. Yeah. And we'd yeah. be like, oh, it's so great. We should totally... So you literally Be were fair friends. You were yeah. fair friends. Fair friends. Fair, fair friends. Fair weather friends. Fair sure. friends. Mm-hmm. Did you have a bike? A three? Did you used to ride a bike? Yes. All the time. All the time. That's how. I, and you used to go to that market. Yeah. yeah. Before it she was worked market. there. That's yeah, I worked there. She worked now there. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was a good market. Um, I don't like. Mm-hmm. And then when I got a job at Let's the Gunk down. House. The other one's out of business. Oh. Yeah. Uh huh. When I got a job at the Gunk House, um, the people, the owners, they lived in the same house. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So when I first started were, working yeah. there and I asked about the dress code, uh-huh. they said, there was a guy who lived in Rosendale who grew his sideburns really, really long. 
Do you remember who she's talking about? And Elizabeth and Dirk. Yeah, Dirk. Dirk. And and she said, and then one day, Louis and Allie were going to a vegan wedding, and he braided his sideburns. And they said, this is in this is during the like job interview. She said, braid your sideburns. She told that to like everybody <laughs> for years. Now they've <laughs> so braid your sideburns. I like that this. is my new motto in life. That's probably the name of the what kind of yes. dressy are we talking about? <laughs> Casual dressy, or right? Whatever. Right. No, it's braid your sideburns. If you're dressy. going to a vegan wedding, <laughs> I'm, I, I can, I can literally bri- braid my sideburns. I know. I li- little does she know it's <laughs> they're literal. little like I have We're short Greek hair, and Italian. Jeez, but yeah. <laughs> yes, I am Greek and Italian. Are, yeah. You're Greek and Italian yeah. too? Hi. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Lee's unibrow. Oh. Yeah, we have a. Yeah. <laughs> I worked hard. not just a unibrow. This is the uni phoenix. Yeah. And it will rise from the ashes greater <laughs> than before. I make him plus. when I. I had crazy thick eyebrows until estrogen mm-hmm. when I was 21 years old or whatever. He drew on my skin with a big pen blue and said just keep plucking until you see blue <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and that's why my, i have these goth eyebrows oh I, you know, drag I never queen, knew that story yeah he was like uh-uh and then he taught me how to walk in heels too he was like you look like he, he said i look like something in fantasia like one of those hippos <laughs> in fantasia <laughs> yeah the blight <laughs> hippos and he was tell, like tell him what cosmo says when he sees it oh oh that's her yeah. favorite that, you interrupted sorry no but, go ahead what um, is it Cosmo's like really obsessed with the Muppets right now. We Wait, have a, who is close. Cosmo? I was just gonna say we have a we have a two year old son and who's his gorgeous. name is Cosmo, mm-hmm. and he's really obsessed with the Muppets right now. And so we were going who through, you know, who's this? Who's this? Mm-hmm. And we were like pointing, oh, who's you know the Kermit and da da da. And then we get to Miss Piggy and and Louis like Cosmo, who's this? And he goes, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Ah yes, yeah. and I was so like, "That's right." That's the best. It's the same thing as being a Fantasia hippo. If people yeah. identify you as a, a Muppet, yeah, then, I'm to- It's awesome. First of all, I I embrace it, and I just have I'm to fuzzy. say, didn't we just talk at the you last podcast? Where was I when I said that when we're talking about movies, like my favorite uh-huh. love scene, like falling in love scene ever, is between Charles Grodin and Miss Piggy. Oh, yes. oh it's the in best. The Muppets take it's the best. Or the First of all, Miss Piggy yeah. is gorgeous. Is the most gorgeous. Yep. The oh, most yeah. gorgeous. She's so, uh, I don't know, adapt. She adapts I to feel every like situation. She's and she's, she's just... She just makes it known. She, she makes, makes it her known. opinion known. She makes it known. She's a sauerkraut. Uh, she's she's <laughs> a fucking sauerkraut. A sauerkraut. But I she's a banana at heart. Like I think she loves Kermit. I love she's a banana for Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or she thinks Kermit's banana. Rated X. <laughs> a banana for Kermit. So way to circle it back. <laughs> so Louie has MS. You do. That does not define you, but we're sitting at the table because um, I I am so privileged to know you and to watch. I you just inspire. You just you guys so, so inspire. And one of the last Instagram posts was like, "That's it. We got to talk to them," because you took a picture. Or the nurse took a picture of you guys. Oh yeah. And said that you guys are the most. 
She, well, it, we had just met um, a, a new doctor in Louis' neurology practice. And she was, you know, going over oral history and whatever. And she said, and we, I was in there with Cosmo, like the three of us were in there together. And the doctor said, wow, you just, it's just amazing to me how, you know, how positive you are still after, you know, after all of this. And the nurse, our favorite nurse who was in there also was kind of just like, you know, looked at Cosmo and looked mm-hmm. at us and was like, well, how could he not be positive? And then took yeah. a really sweet picture of us, right. which was it's really the, it was best the picture. most beautiful picture. It really <laughs> she's, was. She's also an incredible, like I probably would have left that practice if it wasn't for the, mm. some of the most important healthcare she's a sour professionals mm-hmm. that I I've her. met yeah. are actually nurse practitioners. And yep. You know, yep. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it takes a certain special type to be able to do something where the majority of the people involved are having a bad time, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're you know, it's it's everyone learning to cope with a, a downhill struggle, and um, the very few and far between people in that system that aren't totally burnt out are magic. You know, right, these magic people. Yeah. Actually, the person that diagnosed me with MS mm-hmm. was a nurse practitioner. Basically, I didn't know. I didn't know she wasn't a doctor. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she wasn't a doctor for probably like the first. I would say. I don't know. We were with her for six months, and then I was like, "Wait, she's not a doctor!" Like, right? And it really puts into perspective the foolish roles that mm-hmm. are not functioning properly mm-hmm. in the medical system. Right, but. It's very, fr- the medical system is extremely frustrating. It must be very frustrating when you're so dependent on them because we don't, I think that a majority of us pretty much don't want to be dependent right. on Western medicine and what they can do for us and what we need. But we, learning, having this, um, you know, having the condition of MS and then anything chronic and having to depend on them, you have to advocate for yourself. It is about being your own doctor and the real ego trip is most doctors want you to do the opposite. They don't want you to question what they're saying. Right. They don't want you to be your own doctor. Of course, there's a lot of um, Eastern influence now yes. in, in the medical world. And yes. um, if you can find yourself a doctor who is willing to use um, Western technology to diagnose right, and the concepts of... Um, lifestyle change and holistic yep. aspects for mm-hmm. treatment then you know you found yourself that magic <laughs> that's the know, magic spot. yes yes it's hard to do i'm lucky i have a, my i'm lucky to say my doctor mm-hmm. my general practitioner is also my friend mm-hmm. um and uh you know that's also a connection i made through rosendale right nurse jen oh we got to give her a shout out we're gonna tell her listen she's the best and uh yeah i mean so in that way, I do have more opportunity to like bring up some outlandish uh, yep. nonsense and say like, I heard this, right, and not be looked at like uh, yeah, like bee stings. Like if you I do the Bell's bee stings, are you doing bee? Internet, you yeah, know, like, I have yeah. Bell's palsy, and uh, I'm pretty. It was my acupuncturist who diagnosed me with cold wind, which is as mm-hmm. the Chinese believe cold wind is as bad as bacteria. Cold wind on my neck and uh it does right (laughs) (laughs) um yeah 
And uh, my nurse practitioner is like, okay. I'm like, I've had it reoccurring a couple of times and my face collapses and I still have, I have it right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, you know, doc, my GP is a nurse practitioner. And I say, I just stay, I stay out of the cold wind on my neck. I always have scarves and stuff and that's why. Mm. Yeah. My brother is a super big time believer in not letting your neck be exposed to cold wind. Yeah. Yeah. It's this thing in a way where he will buy you like a neck warmer. Kathy did. Every holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I I always buy her stuff. That's me. He's the best. I I can have no sleeves and my neck will be covered. He's like paying attention to the things you should be. Yes, we always need somebody like that in our lives, right? Pay attention to what we kind of don't. The one thing that I would really love to have a conversation about that I think a lot of people can relate to is that I think that there's a lot of of connections between, like what we talk about a lot is mind, body, and spirit. And so they're all connected in some way. And, and Don and I often say, like, sometimes cancer is cancer. Sometimes MS is MS. Sometimes you just have chromosomes that just make things happen. But there's also another side where, where I know that I had the, the, the chronic things that I have come from trauma that's happened in my life. Right. And the frustrating part of how, how to balance that, that um, you know, not letting it overtake who you are and trying to move it through. Right. And so what is it that you do to help move this when you have moments of like, you know, because we're not positive all the time. There are moments, I'm sure, that you guys break down and there's there's sense oh, of yeah. sadness and, and yeah. things and that's the reality of it. So what's how do you work through it? Well, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I think it's... To, to stay positive with a chronic illness, which is solely taking away the person that you were, um, you have to first be able to recognize who that person was, and you have to deal with that. A lot of people don't like the life they lived, haven't finished things, didn't get things out of the way. And when you're losing who you are, and coping with the fact that you didn't finish or you didn't have the experiences you thought you were gonna, mm-hmm. the loss is different. Um, I do experience those things, but I have uh, I've been lucky and I've made good choices. Um, you know, I had opportunity because of my family and who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, n- not monetarily. Um, although I never went, I was never wanting of anything, but my dad is a painfully positive person. Mm -hmm. You know, his optimism is like uncomfortable banana. You know, (laughs) it's like, why are you looking at me and saying that? I felt like, (laughs) yeah, no, I understand. I can relate. No, I can relate. Yes. I can. You know, my, my dad is like, check it out guys. (laughs) We're going to. You know, we're gonna figure this out. Yeah, we're yeah. Poop. It, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, it's like Ned Flanders. Yes, and so, you know, I grew up uh, with a tremendous amount of positivity and optimistic, like stuff from my dad, and my mom is actually so she's super talented and incredible maker, but she's never taking it beyond 
crafting and mm-hmm. you know, she can paint and draw, but she doesn't ever do it except for every five years she decides she's going to like take a, a class at the, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, and of yeah. course she always makes something beautiful, but, um, but she just, she doesn't follow through with this right. like stuff and she's never, she's always family has been her focus and she, yep. never, she, ne- she never really developed her art, but well, she's an incredible seamstress and creative. So my mom, but she's also not super optimistic in the wrong, in the wrong, um, in the wrong situation. She kind of is a shut down and stress out type mm-hmm. of a person. Uh-huh. So I got brutal optimism and I got creativity with, you're like even positive the, when you're talking about mom. Well, like, she, you know, she's, she's lovely. Great, I'm, she's, she's a I lovely. Love yeah, you could even best, say, you know, but it's okay to say, you know, she she's not as positive. She's not as positive. Right. And she, she has a tendency <laughs> of dwelling okay. in the negative. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, they have their own dynamic and they work they work through things and deal with it. But um, I definitely took that positivity thing from my dad and ran with it because yeah. I also saw how it makes other people feel as a tool for survival, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, hi baby. <laughs> did he say grandma? Yeah. No, he did not. Stop <laughs> saying that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Louie. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it, and so, um, I did high school. I did school from a really weird perspective. My parents didn't know what to do with a special ed baby, and they didn't want me to be labeled as. Mm. Why were you special ed? Um, complicated, but um, okay. Learning disabled. Okay. I, I was too. Yeah. Okay. I went to special ed, man. But because like, I was brilliant. Not classical dyslexia. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't know what to do with me. That was, Ka- Kathy, that was me. Kathy was the first um, woman yeah. to graduate BOCES car mechanics. Yeah. I love because, that about you. Because Thank you. they were like, all right, you have to do vocational. Yeah, yeah, have to do vocational, and they thought she's going to do cosmetology because she was a girl. And And I looked good. I had long curly. I was hot. So they were like, "You're going to do cosmetology." I was like, "No." You're like, "Nah," but look how I look in a jumpsuit (laughs) (laughs) with my name on it. One of my cousins was a was a teacher, an auto mechanic teacher. Who who was that? Adam Torchio. Oh yeah, but uh, I think it was after. Yeah, it was like maybe late nineties. Oh yeah. Oh, she was ninety two. Ninety two. I graduated. Awesome. Um, Anywho, so that's interesting because I would like to talk more about that too. Because again, not everybody can understand that dynamic either. Because right. when you're so positive and brilliant, we don't fit in a freaking square box, <laughs> right? I had teachers tell me as I got older, I had teachers be like, Oh, I'm thankful to have you in the class because it's like having an extra aid. Um, that's be- me, because yeah. Some of the kids in the class are disabled, like yeah. physically or right, mentally, right, like right. struggling, and they're really sweet people. But you also are going to public school, so they're mm-hmm. like, I mean, I was abused by the kids in lower yeah. grade school, and I was like super capable, right? Athletically, like I never, I mean, I played some team sports, but I was like the kid that skateboarded, right? Like, you know, my family would go. My dad was a wastewater treatment safety inspector mm-hmm. um and so my family would go on vacation with uh 
wasn't vacation. It was like him working and we would stay in the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we'd all go out to dinner at night and yeah. swim in the pool. And that's what vacation was. Us too. Uh, yeah, yeah we was, had that kind of thing. It was really good. But then on another weird, just because people in my life know about it, but um, you know, my dad, so here's my dad, the safety inspector for the wastewater treatment industry. And he's the dad. So at times he's the bad guy. Right. Um, even though I loved him and, things were good my brother's name is mario and my Uh name is louis Louis. and and my sister was a ballerina um, and we all called her princess p yeah that story has got deep roots in greek mythology yes and so unintentionally we were like the whole rack of super mario characters oh that's hilarious great that mythology has a good parallel those are good halloweens we've done it yeah the default setting also my brother my grandmother knitted us blankets, and she got the colors mixed up by accident. I got the blue blanket, yeah. and I got the green one. But they were like, what colors is your favorite? And yeah. it really was supposed to be, mine was green, his was yeah. blue. I mean, That's so funny. Yeah. That's you know, you were, I, one of my favorite pictures of you from Halloween recently is you were a gnome, and that, um, Nico was a gnome this year. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. We should do a side-by-side. Sure, that'd be great. That'd be yeah. so obviously... Right, I mean, right. I it's live, a given. I live the gnome life. <laughs> not, it is hobbit like. Cho- I didn't choose the gnome life; it chose me. But um, what can you do? Yeah, <coughs> yeah. I always grew sideburns, even because I mean, why mi- fight? In, why in fight the current? School, I had a why mustache. Fight? Yeah, yeah. And because um, so did I. Be- because <laughs> of a moment where I was drinking. Um, from a fountain and I looked up and a girl who I had a crush on was like standing next to me and my was it glistening Louie? Glistening it was glistening <laughs> Louie. Literally scared her. <laughs> I, I currently to this day don't have a mustache. Oh is so that why you don't have a mustache? It's a joke I tell but I'm sure it is subconsciously. Yes. I actually don't like a mustache for several reasons. Um, food issues and the like <laughs> maintenance, yeah. the kissing aspect yes. of it, and you know, I give it a mustache or two thumbs down. Yeah, oh, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You the, yeah, know, yeah. The consequences of shaving is also Even this being is like too a much human for me. sandpaper. Yeah, right? yeah. So I have to shave. Allie's like, why do you shave at night? And there's two reasons. One, I don't need to shave for anybody but her. And two, my grandfather used to shave at night, huh. and I think that that affected my like psyche and so. Yeah, your circadian rhythm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's so, as a kid, you were athletic. You mentioned I, it. I I was skateboarded very connected physically to the to the planet, and that's how I expressed myself. Yeah, is not knowing what to do with it. Living in the country and climbing trees was my first extreme action and mm-hmm. it was also something that was promoted by my dad we had a koala tree mm-hmm. and we'd go out and climb the koala tree and i think for him it was a way of making sure i was gonna not kill myself and yeah fall yeah. and get hurt yeah, right. yeah um as a kid and you know but he did um fall off a motorcycle that he was oh. riding at well, age I, five. Oh, sure, because yeah. in case you didn't know we don't know what it's like to grow up in pine yeah, well, bush, well, oh, it's not pine bush right. in a swamp. That's a torture thing. Well, there's yeah. a lot of aliens yeah. there. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's the alien listen, life at pine bush. We're guineas yeah. too. And yeah, 
one of my cousins had a crazy dirt bike Mm -hmm. and i came home once with a massive burn i still have the scar on my calf because i hit the muffler and the aunt my dad was like well why'd you fall yeah yep yeah yeah i think uh there was a this is why weren't you paying attention there's layers (laughs) of this but there was a time when my dad told me sorry dad if you ever hear this and i blow up your spot but if you like skateboarding and you want your mom to let you do it don't come home and tell us you got hurt yeah, oh yeah. yeah if you do then I'm, yeah i don't know what to do eventually i have to take it away from <laughs> yeah, you. yeah 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 you keep getting hurt i get that so. please keep your secrets please keep going, your pain i think i told the story <laughs> Did I tell the story on the podcast about what? i found first of all why am I, we're in the woods and i found the bottom of a shopping cart in the woods so i tell <laughs> the no, story and, Did uh, you get tetanus? Black no, cup? like I was so excited that I found something, you know, with rusty metal and wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ran home and told dad, first of all, no adult asked like, why in our woods in suburbia is there a metal cart? You know what I mean? Like who, whatever. Right. And so my dad was like, all right, let's go look at it. So we <laughs> trekked through the, and he we dragged it back. If I, he made me drag it back because I wanted it. And we made a goat cart out of it and um, took it to the very top of the hill of Cedar Hill Road. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's now a double yellow line road. Okay. Because playing in the road was what we did. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And we get to the top of the hill. And just as my dad was letting me go, he said out loud, Oh shit, we forgot brakes. No <gasps> lie. No lie. <laughs> so we came down the hill <laughs> hoping that oncoming traffic wasn't. Ha- I thought it was the best thing ever. And I knew we by him saying that, I knew I had to. F- I had to find a place to crash, mm-hmm. which was thrilling. Oh, <laughs> and of course, the place I crashed was in a thorn bush, of nice. course, uh-huh. oh. or a pricker bush, because I th- I don't I don't know because I'm a dumbass. Well, and uh, yeah, you, chose you the, were the long term crash pain or the like pulling the short term right 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 and you're like mm, right prickers. i'll take well, a prickers I, better than a train or yeah. a tree well i chose a curve right before the stone wall of one of our neighbors so i was like i have to Jesus. crash here but oh, that was my badass. dad you know and then it was like don't tell don't tell your mother mm-hmm. we had a lot of don't tell your don't tell your mother don't tell your mother when i said my cousin was an incredible engine mechanic i mean all of my cousins we kind of lived on a compound and mm-hmm. um there well, was, you're living was, in Pine Bush. Isn't no, that a given? Mm-hmm. There, was, there was no like Italians in Pine Bush. Italians in Pine Bush. Do that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, do it. Like, uh, you know, so. There was a lot of dares. Yeah, yeah we be, oh, you still we don't double dog dare us. No. I don't do that much anymore. Like if somebody we'll do double it. dares me, I'm kind of like, uh, you'll be all right. I'm not yeah, doing it. You know, that's all right. I'm okay. We're a very calculated risk family, though. I mean, everybody was taught to like analyze the situation yes. and make the, the best decision at the dumbest time. except yeah, you that know what it was except that that like first... Kathy do it whatever <laughs> yeah it was, that's what we let's did so I told that you that was my time. sister like you know what I told you I was the sacrifi- sacrificial what was like the penguin. penguin we always say that you if know there's the a penguin whale that they stro- you know there's a one penguin you know when they want to see if there's a whale in the water they push one oh. penguin that that's me. Kathy yep my let's sister, sing my, my sister was that literally to the point where there was like a let's throw our dolls out the window and see what happens oh they're fine why don't we jump out the window you right go first. right <laughs> yeah oh, yeah that, that was definitely that was, was me yeah. 
spanked for that for sure yeah like, yeah yeah those things <laughs> so <laughs> you were athletic and then we i remember back. i remember when, when you were living in rosendale you're you were always on a bmx bike and stuff yeah. around and that was the that that was the culmination of being alone a lot um in my childhood was go to ballet with my sister or hold the flashlight for my dad while he right. works on cars and when i was young me and my dad were great we loved working together and I, but then as I got older, my style of learning became hard because he didn't have the time to nurture right. that completely. Yeah. And so we definitely had a moment there where we were <coughs> the best of friends and came back together now that, you know, we're adults. Oh, that's good. Adult yeah, too. that's good. Um, but, you know, there was a time when I just didn't want to do what, 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 what was asked of me. So. Mm-hmm going and skateboarding while my sister did ballet was like a way of me getting to just express myself and you know also skateboarding is like uh, uh, you know people uh, like soccer balls and basketballs are like you see them in certain neighborhoods because you know all you need is that one thing and so like the skateboard is like the figure skating of that you just need one skateboard and eventually it breaks and sure there's an expensive aspect but when you're a kid and you're just on your own and there's pavement somewhere, you know, that's all you need. Yeah. Right. You, you need some kind of outlet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my outlet until one of I, I bicycles was a huge part of my childhood. Jumping cinder blocks and boards in the road mm-hmm. um, and all that kind of stuff. But it also taught me presence of self, good balance. I took Aikido at a young age because my brother is eight years older than me mm-hmm. and like a few hours we're like, I don't know, what do you call that? Astrological twins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. like that. We're like really close together. Yeah. He's born November 3rd. I'm born November 2nd. Mm. And um, that age gap was big enough that when he was, when I was little, he was like a superhero to me. And then when I was old enough to be doing wild shit he was gone he was in college right he would come home and take me out for ice cream so right you know and then we also had to develop a relationship after the fact Mm -hmm. but being athletic um but also being a loner kind of made me a weird kind of athletic i didn't excel at team sports right i wanted to snowboard so bad and my dad was like no snowboarding is expensive yeah you know, yeah, it is. Go right. do something else. You yeah, know? yeah. And then when he realized that the itch wasn't going to go away, and he, when he saw me using sleds and everything else <laughs> down the snowboard, yeah. Uh, like one day, you know, he brought me like a used one home from Poughkeepsie, which is where he worked. And he was like, All right, it's this one or this one, no other options. You know, and one was the right size, but old and not cool. And one was cool and for like a six foot tall adult. <laughs> and I was like, this a is surfboard. the <laughs> A surfboard. And then, you know, when you were talking about like just plummeting downhill, in my world, it was like, all right, hold this strap and we'll pull you behind the snowmobile. At <laughs> oh, yeah. Until you sink or swim. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was that yeah. sink or swim. Yeah, and love that shit. Snowboarding <laughs> became like this thing I could do where I lived. There was, it didn't need a big hill. I just find someplace and do it. But um, then through snowboarding, I, met somebody who was like, oh, you should try BMX bike. And I was like, I rode BMX before. And they were like, yeah, but there's no place to skateboard in the country, but you can ride a bike anywhere. Mm, right. And I was like, wait a minute. I never thought about that. Right. And that freedom, it was Travis, a buddy of mine. Mm. He like, he really, I was already an 
you know, in high school, at the end of high school when I found BMX, but because it was so similar to skateboarding, it became this way of expressing myself that Mm -hmm. was the only thing that mattered. And that moment, that one point meditation of being free and time slowing down till nothingness was like my drug. I also was never into alcohol. I mean, I drank some alcohol at parties, but I never was like a a consistent drinker. Mm -hmm, Right. um, Because I had something that, was my everything, you know, it was my whole world. So bringing back around to how this started, that meant a lot to me and I got to experience a lot of things that made the early years of my life, I took all the big risks, I took chances, I lived life, I traveled with my bike, it it was my priority, I went all over the country riding BMX, not because I was sponsored, but just because it was what I wanted to be doing. So shit, I'd mail my bike to another state and then yeah. find a way there right. and then put it together and ride. Right. Yeah. Um, so I got to try a lot of things and through friends and other opportunities, I was a flight attendant for the airline. Oh, really? Um, and um, one of my best friends used to mow this woman's lawn and he called me from college and I was working as a trailer mechanic because... My dad got me a job that my brother had got, and mm-hmm. everybody before him was welding and metal fabricating, and this was the next step for a Torchio. And mm-hmm. I did that job, but I always felt like, oh, I, I didn't have. I wanted to be a professional athlete and be a professional snowboarder, and eventually I quit that job and snowboarded like one season till I like almost broke my back and mm. realized like, oh wait, all this lifestyle is so temporary, right? You know? huh. um, so I took a lot of those chances and I lived in a way where once I got sick, I didn't have a ton of regrets and look back and wish I did a bunch of things. Okay. Um, and that that was a big part of transitioning into being able to still have optimism and a chronic disease that is slowly stealing my mobility. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got to travel around the world. I got to... You know, I, you know, my generation, 90s, late 90s yeah. was like uh, everybody wanted to know somebody who had a Japanese anime and we'd all watch right. Akira <laughs> yeah. or, yeah. you know, yep. one of these things. And we were like, oh, this is so cool. You know, I like and I got to go to Japan eventually and that have that experience. And I'm not from a family where traveling. We traveled by car around you know yeah like, we went to amusement parks yeah we roller coasters yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, if it was on the safety inspection tour we did it <laughs> yeah <And> if, um <laughs> if it was uh in florida we did it if yeah it was right. on the way to florida because my grandfather lived in florida right. and family there or maine if it was on the way to maine we did it and we right. had lots of great times but um i did a little traveling i got that stuff out of my system and i was in high school because middle school was like torture, being special ed the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it came, it's funny because a lot of those people that I see now that I went to school with throughout the whole history of my school, th- they don't remember picking on Correct. Me I have, well, I've talked about that on the podcast. I have right. that at the Bardavon all the time. Yeah. Where guys, we were like, we were the punk rock goth kids in the eighties and the jocks. It was just like a John Hughes movie. They were fucking assholes and they come to the Bardavon and act like we have so much shared history. Right. And I'm like, I've told like four wives, like your husband tortured me. And I had one wife who 
made him apologize (laughs) when i told her what she's what he used to call me and stuff and i'm like i really appreciate how she's like so how you know you and pat i was like just so you know he tortured me on the bus. He called me Bert from my unibrow. He called me sideburns. So I'm gonna and get he, that guy. I'm well, get you know guy. what? He has a really adorable life now. And he, Did he apologize? his wife, yeah, his wife was like, you, did, you were not friends with her? And then he was like, no, I was. And she's like, you did this, this, and this, according to her. And he was mortified. Yeah. And he came to me and was like, I had no idea. And yeah, I'm it's like, called white male privilege. Correct. When you get to go through your life yeah. and not realize that your correct like, your mere presence is like <laughs> oppressive to the people around you. Yeah. Word up, man. Yeah, no, uh, and it's yeah. and it, and then you do that. Whatever happened to you, you do it to some other kid at some point throughout the process. I, there actually is there actually is somebody out there who I am trying to actively find because I know that I transferred my anger onto him. Oh, and I, I treated was, him I terribly. She, I she was transferring it on to me. Kind of relieved. <laughs> uh-huh. Little relieved. No, 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 that no, it was I feel. Sister, it's my only. Re- it's really my only regret. Really, I, there was one kid on we'll the find, bus. Well, that's interesting. And I, I was very mean to him once, and I, oh. I needed not be. Well, that was. The, it the, wasn't a, hap- a habitual thing. Right. It was a one-time thing, but I feel terrible. Well, that's and accountable. And I occasionally, and like on Facebook, he has unfortunately a very common first name, last name. So I just keep putting it out in the universe. And I know he lives in the Hudson Valley. I'm like, please show him to me at a Stewart's. Yeah, or put something. it out there now. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no you don't want to no, do it. No, 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 you don't. Yeah, right. No, that was smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all no, right. like our I'm going to see him like, at Stewart's or something. I've tried to search. I st- I've searched some of the, like, the, there's like a story about a kid that I was super close with, but he was younger than me and his sisters were cool and they tortured the shit out yeah. of us because we were buddies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I definitely have tried to get, like I've typed his name into the computer to yeah. see how he's doing or where he is and I've never found him, but, you know. Maybe well, you'll manifest him yeah. right now, That's man. it. I'll come right so through the window. when did you start feeling ill? Um, Can I tell the story? Yeah. Okay. He's okay. got a good grasp we, on that. We, um, we went down to visit his parents in Florida in two. So you guys were together. How long have you been together? Oh. Oh, we had already been together for... <laughs> Yeah, Louis and I, um, Louis and I started um, dating in January 2002 because he got laid off from his airline job right after 9/11. Mm. Moved back to the Hudson Valley. I had a pocket full was of money <laughs> and, was hang- and a, a pillowcase full, pillow full of liquor minis. Oh. Okay, and you're I'm a dream like, date. <laughs> thank you, dream yeah. date. Thank you. When you walked in the party, oh. I'd be like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> a yeah. Geo Metro and a beeper. Oh. <laughs> That's right. I'd be like, come here, blue That's eyes. Right. Come That's here, right. hairy blue eyes. That's right. And he was, and he he was fresh from the the um, airline where they make you like An image judge. coordinator. Judge. Oh, he yeah. was judge. Oh, he was judge. Yes. He was, and he like looked like a nice, clean cut Italian boy. And he well, was those built. blue eyes, yeah. that dark hair you, you, and blue eyes is a killer. In between waiting for flights because if you get hurt, you're yeah, you're you know, fucked. Yeah, you'll get I, run I over by the air, air <laughs> boy, <laughs> the airplane. I would bring my skateboard with me <laughs> if I had like a stayover, and I would definitely do that. But 
when you're used to being active and you can't, you like find yourself in a hotel like oh, yeah. room he was because there's nothing else to do. So. A nice. I, that. I, I was in my peak physical condition. So like so yeah. So we met in co- I was I was in college and he was like he was like a townie hanging out in you know yeah, yeah. on the New Paltz campus like riding his skateboard and his bike and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so we met um we met then we've Zero been together a friend. Mo- i went to high school with her we've been together m- more or less ever since yes. i would yeah. say more or less yeah, we've taken um we've, breaks yeah we've taken Allie breaks. moved to seattle for a while. okay okay so anyway. <laughs> she's like i'm telling the story you so can it's my t- turn. <laughs> and it was it was 2000 2010 um or yeah it was it was 2010 and how old are you at in 2010 he was 30 31 about to turn 32 and I had just turned 30 mm-hmm. and um he we we went down we <laughs> we flew down to Florida bought a truck when we were in Florida because his dad was like there's no rust on trucks in Florida you can get a great mm-hmm. deal whatever and then the plan was to drive the truck back from Florida to to Rosendale um, where we were living at the time and we the entire time we were there like weird things kept happening like louis fell off his bike bike. a couple of times there's a lot Uh of concrete skateboards parks down there so i did a lot of riding when i was down there but that was very normal for me in fact we never took vacations together we now we do but like we we would always that was our time apart we were always together so we i would go ride my bike Allie would go do her own kind of vacation thing and it was usually a time apart but um you know, I brought my bike down there to ride, and um, I had always made a lot of excuses for phantom weirdness in my body from injuries from getting okay. hurt. I broke my foot skateboarding, then I n- didn't get a, a pin. In yeah. It. it was like a fifth metatarsal base break, and they were like, well, you need a pin. And I was like, what if I don't get a pin? Yeah. And they were like, could heal, or it could mm. not heal. Yeah. And like a full year later, I was riding BMX and I broke that same foot. Um, so then I didn't get a pin in it a second time. So I had a lot of scar tissue and I just made a lot of excuses for like phantom numbness. And, and oh. when, we, and when we were driving back to New York, we were, you know, we, we had, we had to book it cause I had to go back to work. We were sitting for like, you know, three days yeah. Yeah. just driving yeah. straight. And so Louis kept complaining about like, you know, his, his foot, Num- he my, had like numbness, numbness tingling in on his, in his butt. So and it's consistent. Like, um, but yeah, the, the thing so. she's talking about is called banding. And banding is a, a phantom feeling that happens with neurological conditions. It's, right. it's non-typical, but it is, it, it is, it's non-typical in that every person with MS isn't going to be like, oh yeah, banding. Right. It is typical in that lots of people experience it mm-hmm. and usually don't know that it's a neurological mm-hmm. symptom. It feels like someone is squeezing you around your larger like right. areas, your stomach, your thighs, muscle, mm-hmm. big muscle groups, and um, just like there's a band wrapped around. Mm. Um, so we kept thinking that it was like a pinched nerve or da- you know damage from one of his many like you know sp- sporting injuries. That he would do, and we spent a lot of money at the different chiropractors, acupuncturists. Like, uh, what year? Yeah. What year was this? Two thousand ten. Okay, I had chiropractic care. No, not chiropractic. I had acupuncture care for years straight. Mm-hmm. I, I have an incredible acupuncturist uh, and uh, 
he's incredible, Matt Purcell, right. mm -hmm. and um, he, you know, had a, you know, a very great, you know, friendly rate that I could afford to go yeah. regularly, and um, it helped a lot mm -hmm. stave off and maintain. Mm. I only stopped because eventually I started having to deal with the depression aspect of that this wasn't going away. Okay. And um, but also like before that. Nobody, nobody had, none of these practitioners had oh. bothered to like, No, you know, it was just, well, I was going the Western, it was, the, the it, Eastern. Yeah. Route. It was the just Eastern. like people, people were, people were wanting to treat the symptom and not seeing that right. there was right. something right. underlying. Right. And, and in the meantime, we were going to see this nurse practitioner who was our, you know, general, she was our. Uh, general practitioner at the time in New Paltz, and she was the she was the one that was like, you know, maybe we should take you in for an MRI. And this was after like, I mean, our trip was in February, um, when he started having symptoms, and it this was in like November, so we had been you know been nine months of like a lot of symptoms and flare ups and stuff, and finally got an MRI, and the MRI came back that you know that it was pretty. But I had realistically had MS probably for years. Right. That's what we were when, talking when about. The, when I finally got mm. like a scan of my brain and spine, I had like 26 lesions on my brain and on my, yeah. my brain stem and mm -hmm. my spinal cord. Uh, you know, I had early doctors be like, uh, tell me like they didn't, they couldn't really figure out why I could still walk, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. And I think that I used to think I was Wolverine. Now what yeah. I realize is, <laughs> The damage, <laughs> okay, so don't laugh too hard. The damage to my brain and spine made my body desensitized to sure. pain. And so I was the guy that was like willing to like jump the double and crash a hundred times right. till I got it. So right. it was great for being like, like a daredevil, an daredevil. adrenaline junkie, right. but it wasn't uh -huh. good for um, my being a human yeah. <laughs> you know, can I can can we talk about something that's I think is really important from your story and relevant to so many people who listen to this and that the frustration that I can relate to like of course everybody has different story and different degrees of what they go through is um, and and not to make it about me but the the story about the frustration of the doctors okay. not following through and maybe <clears throat> doing good diagnosis in 2016, I had a stroke. I'm only 44. And apparently, I have scar tissue that I had in my head that, uh, that, that was there for uh, 16 years, 13 years. Um, and by, even though I had headaches sometimes or things, the doctors never did that. They, I had high blood pressure whatnot. And when I went in and said, you know, I'm not well. I don't, something's wrong. She, the doctor told me it was because I was getting my period. Oh my God. And she was a woman? She was a woman. Oh, and I looked at her, I said, I don't have period, sorry guys out there. I don't have period problems. I'm a re I'm regular to the T, blah, blah, blah. I said, this is not the problem. And then I go home. This was Mother's Day, remember? And I was so lethargic. We're going to take a break. Oh, hold that thought. You do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break. Take a break. We come back. It's Hold that thought because you're getting really wound up. Am I wound up? <laughs> I got wound up.
I can't. We had to take a break because apparently I was out of control with my ranting about my period, right? Or my bladder was also out of control. <laughs> <laughs> so it could have been, been one or the other. So one of the things that so so she said to me, well, you know, it's, it's probably your period, and meanwhile, I know for a fact that's not the case. And then the next day we went out. It was near Mother's Day. And I was like, if I'm not eating pasta, there's something wrong. We went to an Italian restaurant for Mother's Day. And I looked at Donna. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't eat a bite. And I was so exhausted where I just couldn't even function. And I said, something is wrong. Something is wrong. I go back. And uh, I end up going back to the doctor to get blood work. And it was a nurse who said, you're not right. I said, I'm not right. And she goes, she goes, she looked at me and she goes, Hold on, let me get the doctor. And as soon as another doctor came in, I had the stroke. They called in the doctor's office. In the doctor's office. office. And luckily, it was enough. Amazing, actually. Yeah, incredibly fortunate. That's where I was going to have it. Guardian Angel. Yeah, he called 911, and he wasn't my regular doctor. I never met this doctor. He was a nurse practitioner. That's my point with you. He was a nurse practitioner, and he looked at me. He says, When I walked in, I knew you were going to have it right away. And the whole side of my face fell and it took me uh so they didn't they told me to do you know i did do physical therapy all that kind of stuff but they they didn't really follow up on with me it was like you had one okay now you had one let's just know that you're prone to it you're prone to it that's keep what your they blood pressure keep down. Your, yeah that's it. so uh you know what i did i took matters i don't suggest this for anybody please see a medical doctor blah, blah, just because i do it i am an extremely spiritual person so I had to totally connect with my spirit and say, I don't want to be a person who is affected by this my whole life. And I said, I accept what happened. Um, I had to, I, the job I had was all paperwork. So when I was writing, like typing, it didn't make any sense. I thought it made sense. And I had to leave my job to retrain my brain to work. And I, you know how I did it? Uh, Wheel of Fortune app. I did puzzles every night, every morning. I did cryptograms every night, every morning. I, I had to literally retrain everything. They didn't help me with that. It was just sure. relying on myself. And that doctor also, um, which is another awful thing, is that I, I was, I've been suffering, not suffering, but I live with obesity. She told me if I just stopped eating salad dressing that the weight would come off. So I should have left when that happened to begin with. But you know who helped me. This is the, I'm going around here. I'm going around. So I have severe bursitis. And my listeners who listened to the whole thing know that I've had hip surgery. It was the orthopedic surgeon who looked at me and says, you know, you're not, you're a big girl, but we're not dealing with fat here. You're inflamed. He said, if you go, if you look at your inflammation, you will lose weight. And I did that, and I lost weight. All the doctors telling me, don't eat salad dressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't eat fucking salad dressing. You'll I be fine. Like, uh, just because I have a two-year-old, there's a line in Peter Rabbit, the new animated Peter Rabbit, yeah. where they, he, he, there's the chubby rabbit, and he tells him not to eat salad dressing. It's oh, so, my God. That's so it's crazy. So, it's such a cliche thing. Did she it, see that movie and then tell me that? No, this is like a very new movie. Oh, they came out. Okay, I'm but just I'm saying, saying like, I'm like, what that line yeah, is such so a cliche dumb. for yeah. someone to tell a person to solve all their problems that it's been worked into like a kid's Into shows. pop culture. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, it is sure. terrible. It's, t- it's the, terrible. I think the punchline of it is um, 
the, the chubby rabbit eats the salad dressing on the side. And he's like, he's like, I don't understand. It's, you know, I'm, now I just drink the salad dressing right. on the side. <laughs> <laughs> so well, ridiculous. Well, the, the point, the point is like, I feel like, I feel like in having this open dialogue about having chronic illness, you know, cause I have an autoimmune deficiency that I'm going to have and I'm prone to so many things. I'm prone to a stroke. I'm prone to this and staying optimistic is what we're talking staying yeah. like like what you said listen i've experienced so much in my life is it because of the things that i've experienced did it create this we don't know yeah. you know sometimes illness is caused by trauma sure chronic, chronic injuries brought on by pushing myself too much yep. things that you've done in your life that make you who you are those things come with both physical and psychological scars and yes. that stuff piles up and um a lot of times those things make us who we are. So yeah. we don't realize that we have to climb out of that pile. Right. Mm. Because that pile is so much of our identity. Right. And right. That, that's a very hard thing mm -hmm. to like look at your life and say, oh, what, what of the things I've experienced did I do to myself? Right. And how do I cope with them? From And, you know, when you look at other people dealing with life, you can see it in every aspect of humanity. People develop the weirdest fetishes because of weird shit that happened to them in their yes. lives. Yes. Yeah, right. Or exactly. They, exactly. They yeah. They end up like not liking a food, but then you find come to find out they're allergic to that food. Right. Or they're they're not. But like the 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 weird layers of how us as humans can build build up and build up, you know, uh, yeah. Scar tissue. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. just physical. But right. I'm arachnophobic and it wasn't until uh, a funeral in 1996 when my cousins were talking about, you know, I hadn't seen them in a long time and they were like, oh my God, remember when we dared you to eat that spider off of Nana's ah. hedges? And apparently at like three or four years old, like I said, don't double dog dare me. And they dared me to eat that spider. And my fear with spiders is they want to live inside of you. So that makes I've heard that before. I I yeah. had a fear of spiders, um, and I got over it by like being determined to see them as beautiful creatures. I just I have to I tell you, just talking about it, I'm starting yeah, to break yeah. out in a sweat. So I won't overdo it, but eventually I did get over my fear of spiders by like they can live beautifully anywhere the fuck <laughs> away from me. Right, yes. Well, clowns taking pictures of them. Is oh no, no. no. I don't want to take pictures of clowns. <laughs> I don't want to make out with a clown. I don't want to shake hands. You with had, them. you did though. You had fun with puddles. I did. He have had fun, fun with, with you. I did. I did. He might have known you didn't like clowns. Yes, I think so. Fun with puddles sounds like it could <laughs> be. <laughs> and that's speaking of fetishes. So I think to take away from what, again, what we were talking about is really when it comes to your mind, body, and spirit, be your best advocate. Nobody knows you better than you. And nobody's going to help you through it. You have to help yourself first. You have to have, you have to, I feel like you have to have a mindset. Even before you go to a, like after you were diagnosed or after you figure out what it is. I think that that's your best defense is your mindset. Yeah. What uh, was your process? So well, I, I, once I the nurse said, you know, once the nurse practitioner was like, once I already knew something was wrong yeah. at that point, this is when I was diagnosed, but there's like levels of reality that are based around having injuries and coping with them and saying, well, I'm fine. I'll keep 
riding. I hurt my shoulder at some point and had to rehabilitate my shoulder. That's right. how I found Tai Chi. And I did Tai Chi, you know, like recreational videotapes. Right. Yeah. Eventually got to take a little bit of real Tai Chi from an actual teacher. But mostly like being self-taught and just trying to come up with ways of self-medicating. Like how, right. do I, yeah. right. how do I cope with this injury? Well, a physical therapist was like, you dislocated your sternum from your clavicle and those little soft tissue things they're never coming back right so you have to make moving properly a lifestyle change and so a physical therapist said you know try tai chi it's Mm, right Mm -hmm. and then doing it and having this connection to my body in a mind body spiritual physical way i was like whoa this is like super slow karate that has <laughs> magic in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. T- forces you to be patient and feel yourself. And That's a great... You know, I did that for mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, I did that. I would still... I still occasionally use some of those things. I did eventually have to deal with the depression of seeing myself not be able to even do yeah. slow, gentle movement. And that was a real hard thing to cope with because mm. I'd been able to do that most of my How life. How did you right. cope with it? I've, or I've, I've had low times, you know, I, I right. went through and have still some depression tendencies. Um, uh, knowing when medication is necessary yeah. is a hard thing because when you come from a world where you're like, you know, not redneck, but because uh, I would never consider myself you're a redneck. S- you're kind of self-sufficient. No, yeah, self-sufficient. They're like, I guess I've become, you know, a coming from a family where people did what it took to get what you needed. Yes. Done, right. That self-sufficiency. Um, there's a, there's a person in that environment that says like, Oh, talking to a shrink is like for wackadoos. Right. Like, right. right. This, don't, it's called stigma. That. Right. The you, stigma. You should, you yeah. Figure it out yourself. And you know, like also something Scientologists say though. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mm-hmm. that's a little bit weird and right like mm-hmm. maybe sometimes you do need help and maybe yeah. sometimes yeah. talking to someone and then s- uh, there is a point where you've you've gone so far over the the edge that you need medical intervention yep. you need something yep. to to help you cope with sadness and depression you know um and i you know i have taken you know at, at recently i got to a point where i needed to you know medical intervention well good that's good Uh, that's important that's important you know and once i stabilized i was able to stop taking right and you know right i probably will go back on it sure you know i i i can easily be um overwhelmed by you know feeling my body not be part of this world anymore and right if my spirit can't be in this body anymore then i have to go Right. But in the meantime, I need to be comfortable here. And while I'm in this body, I I have to I have to also not be a burden to my friends and family. I have to be self-sufficient. All of those things come into play when you're becoming paralyzed. You know, my my brain is cutting off the ability to control my body. Um, and it can happen fast with progressive MS and it can happen slow and you know, the, the hope is to do the right things to slow it down. Mm-hmm. And you don't ever want to give up on that. And that's where optimism is extremely important. Right. And s- seeing yourself projecting and visualizing yourself in 
the next space is very similar to kind of what you were talking about earlier yeah. of like making it work. Um, and now, I, you know, I even have my newest um, f- medical professional team member as a physical therapist. Actually, I have two physical therapists now. One is a physical therapist that actually touches you, and the other one is just the old-fashioned sports right. medicine. Mm-hmm. But the sports medicine guy, you know, uh, he he's willing to say, like, you need to visualize yourself succeeding when you're not right instead of sitting on the toilet looking at social media i want you to watch pictures of yourself doing the exercises yeah even if your brother has to wear your sweatpants and shoes <laughs> and do them right yeah perfect. right that's right. good advice and that's great and advice that's good watch advice yourself succeeding and reroute neural pathways through oh. visual visual experiences and he got this from a study you know, as a person who pursues knowledge in yep. his field, he like, you know, read about a study that was done with, you know, chimpanzees or something. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, there is, positivity is important because it keeps you believing and, you know, if you, you guys are Greek to some mm-hmm. extent, right? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So Zeus gave man... Zeus didn't, but yeah, you know this. There was nothing left for the animal. All the traits were given away, mm-hmm. and fire was given to man because he didn't have fur or claws, and he couldn't take care of himself. And the the, the idea that fire is actually the frontal lobe—it's the ability to n- take one thing and make it into something else, to visualize something that doesn't exist, right. and bring that into reality. That is really important on a spiritual level because visualizing yourself succeeding is how you succeed. You know that's that, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that 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 fire that was given by I can't even remember Heraclides. Yeah. Is yeah. It? Whatever he was, he got punished for that. Prometheus. Prometheus, right? He got punished for that. But that gift that we have to visualize what we need is only a tool if you aren't visualizing the worst that's right depression will bring you there every time so you got to keep visualizing the positive things and you use your personal experiences and your references from your past to live and dream in the positive moments and you know uh, it doesn't always work and um, but it helps to it helps to step back and look at your perspective from a new spot, you know, and not just be stuck in one perspective. It's easier said than done. No. But um, it's a real Taoist principle. Yeah. I think it's such an important it's principle. It's it's the whole, I say this all, like, uh, you, you're the most powerful tool you have is manifestation and yeah, attention. Yeah, when we first started this, Kathy said, write a che- make a check out to the sisters are in for, I can't remember how much money. Well, yeah. And you were, that was it like said, one of the first things we did. It was like manifesting you know the vision board and 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 the hope and i think that that's we talk a lot about we we're on patreon and this whole week this is exactly what we're talking about is the that we are the we are the the, your body is the vehicle for your spirit and so right now your your spirit saying 
now really lean on me because I'm going to lead you in a way that's going to bring you the power of who you are. Yeah. And so when one element and sense of ourselves is closing down, the other ones get more powerful. Right. And that is the, that is the, the, the coolest part of when, like, it's, is, uh, is when you can get that perspective and live in that. I'm sorry that this is happening for you. Like my heart is just like, you're such a beautiful person. You're so kind. Your heart's huge. You're just amazing to be here. You know, and, and the whole thing is like, you're here. The point is that you're here, Louie, you're here and you're sharing your story. And now what's going to happen is that the, the, the less that maybe you can feel in, in your knee, the more you're going to feel in your soul and your eyes. And when you look at somebody, you're giving them messages that they really need to hear. Right. Yeah. And that is a really amazing, beautiful thing. Well, I think that being a guide for other people is an unintentional side effect of coping with trauma. And if you choose to do that, it can help you dissipate the, the pain and the stress. And so in a lot of ways, it is a coping mechanism um, for dealing with you know my own stuff but it also is part of you know i think i hate to do this but i think the patriarchy has done a atrocious job of teaching boys what it really means to be a hero people look at like actions that are driven by dominance and the function of the tools they're holding, like guns and things like that, as what it takes to be a hero. But a lot of times I think um, there's something that's missing in how we teach boys to express themselves through emotions and to be emotional and to recognize um, that what is viewed as weakness and sensitivity is actually very, very important to helping other people cope with sadness. So, you know, if you if you just if you carry around sadness and you're and the people around you only can deal with your sadness, they just can't do it for that long. Right. Tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and have MS. But tomorrow you're gonna wake up and be you. And whatever you're dealing with, you have to deal with it. So it's just as bad as my MS. Like your shoulder pain or mm -hmm. your like whatever it is, like it's yours and you take it home with you. So if I carry my misery around and show it to everybody, that's all they get. Right. And like if you constantly bring people down, like and it's easy to say, right? Oh, you have a disease where you're not feeling any pain, like you're losing connection with your body. So I'm uncomfortable a lot. Right. I have lots right. of discomfort. I have phantom feelings. Like it started out as banding, but like sometimes parts of my body decide to be on fire. And yeah. the only feeling that I have is like the feeling that I'm burning, you know? Uh, what I mean? Yeah. And you know, the Dalai Lama sits every day and says all is impermanent, all is without a self. You know, he meditates every day on this concept. Well, he's not the only person. Lots of monks meditate on their right. temporary humanity. And recognizing that your humanity is temporary it's really good thing to teach little kids we should right we, we don't want them to dwell in it but we should certainly explain to people at a much younger age that you this is your opportunity in life and be in the moment make plans for the future and dwell in the past 
but also be in the moment. And it doesn't happen enough. I agree. Um, and, you know, it's also just a bunch of farty nonsense. <laughs> no, it no. Not, no, it's not. It's everything. I'm just thinking, what are we calling Louie's podcast that I want to listen to every I week? Know. Louis, I, you know, the, 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 I'm, I'm emotional be for, for a couple of reasons. One is because it's like I can't help it because what you're saying is true and we need to talk about it. We need to talk about, there's so many more aspects of ourselves than making money and losing weight that people are wanting to do. There's so many aspects of ourselves than, than just, uh, one particular pain or one particular joy there's so many aspects that a lot of us we have to move through and know that we 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 have to make the most of it all and 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 the other one that made me emotional is because when you said like you know when you become like mine is mental like i have i have a mental illness i have post-traumatic stress syndrome where i was hospitalized and had to take medication for it and it's chronic. It's it's it doesn't go away. You sure. just deal with it different. Yeah. And I got myself off the medication because I chose a, a different path, an alternative path of intense meditation and certain dietary and life changes. Sure. I'm not going to be around people who are going to going to hurt me. That's a great that's a great way <laughs> to stop PTSD. Remo- remove yourself, <laughs> remove remove yourself, yourself from, the from, from, from domestic violence and it might be better. So, you know, I can I related to that and I used my trauma to help others see that that doesn't define that you're not defined by your life situation. And so when you get out of that, that 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 makes that's who you are. You're not Louie with MS or Louie. I'm not Kathy with PTSD. I'm I'm Kathy with the lazy eye. Yes, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take the lazy eye. I'll I'll take the lazy eye. You know, you kind of just that doesn't define who you are. Who am I? I I'm going to be the person who's going to make the most of my experiences to help others and bring them some kind of light. That's that's who I'm going to be. And Louie, you're more than just you're not MS. You're you're the person that's going to going to teach the people around you that you know that you're that you're important and and we're going to bring in the positivity and we're going to make the most of it and i think that that's how we should look at each of ourselves we're so much more than what we what we define ourselves to be yeah and and it's it's not just that we um define ourselves with negative things it's also that we like we create and then now more than ever with social media people create an image of who they are and then when they're not when they're not there they're not that person it's just it's like this shell there's you know the like ogres are like onions well gnomes are like some kind of a peel away the object and inside it is who you are but you're also all those layers yeah so you have to be able to be all of it yeah you can't just like you, you can't be the what people see and you can't be the, the center it's a spectrum and yeah. you have to be the whole thing yeah. and you know that's why like again I, I wake up tomorrow and hopefully I feel a little better but if I feel a little worse you won't be there right. and you're gonna be you and so like you have to come to terms with how you cope with your stuff and I know it's a flight attendant thing but you put your mask on first and yeah, then you yeah, help the yeah. person yeah, next, next to, to you. you. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, like, um, you don't sometimes realize that you're not putting your mask on. 
you don't realize that you're not helping yourself. You sometimes you convince yourself that you are. Um, so I know I know what you're you're feeling too. I kind of yeah. associate with your your experience. Uh, I don't have strokes, but uh, you know I definitely I can sense it. You know, yeah. just listening to you get emotional. That you know, trying to find where you fit into something like chronic illness is a very personal journey but when you go to a support group when you meet other yeah. people who are mm -hmm. dealing with their things if you're open-minded to even if it's something super different if you're open-minded to listening to their struggle you might learn something about right. yourself right yeah. from listening right That's right thing people have a hard time doing absolutely what a perfect place to end uh, i can't thank you enough louie for being here and Allie. An inspiration. And Cosmo. And Cosmo. Hi, hi Cosmo. Hi, Cosmo. Hi. You're going to say hi. Jump, jump into my arms. <laughs> Mama. Thank yeah. you for having us in your home. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> very exciting moment for me. If yeah. you guys want a really fantastic DJ to DJ your wedding with cool yeah. records, you call Allie. We'll have your information. We're going to post yeah, it. Yeah, we'll nice. have your information yeah. on this podcast. Absolutely. And Louie, no we can't thank you enough. Thank you for sharing I'm your I'm pretty story. sure we're going to have another talk with you. We'll check in with you in a Absolutely. little while. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. For sure. Thank you. Great. I enjoyed coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the baby, extra baby. <laughs> sister Thank energy. you. That's it. All right, we Can end our... say one thing? Okay. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Louis has a banana on his hat. <gasps> oh, has oh. anyone noticed that <laughs> this whole time? <laughs> I didn't. All Look right. at that. Yeah, that's Meant hilarious. Okay. You know what, Louis? I'm going to give you a high five. Yeah, this is how we end our podcast. <laughs> high fives. <laughs> Oh, high five. We high five. We high, high fives. Five, All right, we'll high five, five around. High, high five. five around. All right, Allie. All right, Another thanks. one. Until next time. Next time.